The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. I'm going Cardinals, 27 24. I got the same score, oh. same team. I mean, we really could do like a magic trick with this. I mean, suck it, O's the mentalist. We share a brain. <laughs> oh, geez. Please yes, we do. And we were both true. wrong. Please say it's we not true. Wrong. I don't want well, to share a brain I'm with reminded, you. <laughs> I'm reminded of the photo that Jason Garrett took, the selfie from Sunday night. I should have sent it to Pete so he could display it. The one where I look like your ventriloquist dummy. Yes. Because right. my my normal-sized head right. next to your giant head, and I'm positioned just like I would be if I was Charlie McCarthy to your Edgar Bergen. That's the first one that came to mind. Right. I so, don't know who the fuck that, that is or who the fuck the other guy was. It sounds good. <laughs> Edgar Bergen was one of the most famous ventriloquists of all time. Charlie McCarthy was his signature dummy. Candace Bergen's father, by the way. Wow, that's, so, a, that's a nice uh, little nugget. Yeah. So anyway, very famous ventriloquist. Charlie McCarthy, just standard dummy, but I think he would dress him up in different things. And Anyway, I look like your ventriloquist dummy. So basically, you know, I say the score, your lips aren't moving. It's the same score that you would say anyway or something like that. All right, so here we are. The playoffs are upon us. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. And based on the regular season, well, we had a bad week last week. I was 9-7 and seven and you were 8-8. Eight and eight. I thought we were better than that. Straight, I was better against the spread than straight up. How the fuck does that happen? Well, it was That's a, never happened. It was a pretty crazy week. That's never happened. It was a pretty crazy Damn week. It. I mean... Jets over Patriots, right? Uh, you know, of course, Tennessee over Jacksonville. The Cardinals won. We weren't wrong, but they picked up a, you know, they won in the clutch Seattle and, and the Cardinals missed two field goals at the end of the football game. So that hurt, right? 
You know, there was, there was the Raiders, Broncos. I think we both thought the Broncos and the quarterback change would, you know, maybe be one more push for the Broncos. It kind of worked out the other way. Uh, I took the 49ers. I think you did too, right? So, yeah, yep. there was some, some weird outcomes. No, nobody took the Giants over the Eagles in a game that meant something for the Eagles. Uh, crazy week 18 to, to end off the regular season. A crazy season altogether. Kind of a microcosm of what we saw all year where – you know, it just inconsistency is hard to figure out who's playing at what level. I never remember a year where I can remember a year of like more of the cream of the crop teams losing to the bottom class teams, you know, on a week to week basis more than this year. It seemed like it happened more than ever. The bottom line, though, is we disagreed on three games last week. I won two, you won one. That gives me the regular season crown straight up, 169-103. You're 168-104. You got two out of three best bets right. I was one for two. You win the regular season crown for best bets by one game. So, And, and you win against the spread. So I'm the eight. champ. I'm the regular season champ is what you're saying. Two out of three no, regular season champ. I'm, the, I'm in the upper quartile won. of the upper quartile. Hang up the banner. I won the regular no, season. You, you, you won the two categories that don't matter. I won the one category what? that does matter. What? The most common, that's the most common indicator of prognosis. Nobody even cares about Games straight up straight picks up. anymore. It's all about best bets and money. That's where the world is. Why do you think we're sponsored by DraftKings? So, so eat that crap. Regular season right. champ. Right. Go ahead, runner up. Do your read. You got something right. to do, runner up? Hang your. <laughs> no, there's not, no read yet. Hang your fucking banner and let's move on. Mm. There's no read yet because there's no more contest. The uh. contest is over. The $1,000 pick and pull Damn it. with the regular season. Damn it. But the contest between us continues. Yes, and as you does. said, it all carries over. It's not over yet. Right. It's not over yet. Right. I can't catch you against the spread, I don't think. There's only 13 games left. <laughs> yeah, that would be eight, pretty bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can catch me straight up and I can catch you best bets. Definitely. All right, here we go. What are we doing First this game week? First off, are we still doing three best bets for we're going to do half the NFL games this weekend? We never really hashed that out. We doing three, two. How are we working this out? I hadn't really thought about it. I don't know. Three out of six games. Hey, is Pete, I don't give a shit what we did last year. What are we going to do this we did year? Last year I know. Stop we're that. Not like, I got to look at what we did Fuck on that. this date last year and fill it into this date. Like, screw the fuck year. out of here. Oh, wait. Okay. Thank you. There we go. Pete, Pete has been hoisted on his own petard, whatever that means. We did two last year. We'll do two this year. Although I should want more opportunities to try to catch and surpass Chris. Here we go. All right. Browns at the Texans. Browns is the Browns. Rematch of a game that was played with C.J. Stroud out. The Browns won handily. That game don't matter. This one does. It's for all the marbles. It's the presumptive coach of the year in Kevin Stefanski, the PFT coach of the year. We'll see what the AP awards eventually might be against the runner up D'Amico Ryans. The Texans are at home. The Texans are underdogs. When we do the graphic at the end of the special edition of football night in America on Saturday afternoon, before we throw it down to Ian Eagle and Todd, not Ian Eagle, Noah Eagle, one of the Eagles, Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. There's probably going to be mostly Texans logos. No, I mean Browns logos, not Texans logos. So we have to take our hand off the checker a couple of days early. When it's time to show the logo under your name, Chris, All right. is there going to be a Browns logo? Well, you're talking or tough. A Texans logo? Why don't you lead it off today? Let's see. Go ahead. Why don't you lead well, this one off? I already know you're taking the Browns. You've got a man crush on the Browns defense. 
Browns this and Browns that and Browns this and Browns that. Well, you know what? The last time they played, they didn't have C.J. Stroud. And I've already seen C.J. Stroud in a playoff game. Haven't seen Joe Flacco in a playoff game this year. Haven't seen the Browns in a playoff game this year. I saw C.J. Stroud on Saturday night in a playoff game. I saw him come right onto the field, first play from scrimmage, he throws a long touchdown pass. I saw him win in Indianapolis, where it is not an easy place to win, and it was a playoff game for them. It was in or out. You lose and you're out. You win and you're in. Woo, baby. won a playoff game. I sound good. And everybody is going to be picking against him. Everybody's, and I'm, I'm all in with the Browns. Hey, we're giving out these awards. Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Jim Schwartz, assistant coach of the year. They weren't my choices. I didn't pick them. This is him over there. That's it's okay. that guy. Okay. No, this yeah. is for the, this is for I know. the, the, the business that I matters. Know. I know. EFT. I know. Okay. So. I'm, You're I'm saying we. I, mean, I am I've part of this a little. Week. We, well, I'm talking about we at ProFootballTalk.com. If you want to have a vote next year in the PFT Awards, I'll give you one. This year I did a straight vote of the five writers, and we structured them the same way we do the AP Awards, and I tabulated them, even though I disagreed with a couple of them. Whatever the votes were, the votes were. So okay. the Browns, well represented so far. Right. Regardless, I'm taking the Texans. I'm taking the Texans in this one. Not just because we disagree. I know we're going to disagree. If anything, I'd be inclined to to agree with you, to maintain my edge, because I'm not so confident in this pick that I'm I'm really I'm really willing to put at risk my lead. I just think the Texans are going to win, and I'd rather be right than wrong. Yeah. And I'm pulling up the score, twenty to seventeen. I just think C.J. Stroud has shown us something yeah. all year long. Yeah. We haven't really seen him week in and week out. He hasn't had the same exposure. He's played very well, and I know the Browns have a great defense, but the Texans do too. And I just think the Texans, it's going to be easier for them to muster a chip on their shoulder. They're at home. They're not expected to win. They're playing on house money. They've already played a playoff game and won it. They've got the better quarterback right now. Joe Flacco is a great story, but you know what? His interceptions project to 27 for a full season. Yeah, you've been hearing He's me say that. in five games. Right. 27 interceptions. Sam Howell led the NFL with 21 this year. Right. So I, I, I just think that the Texans are going to win the game. It's yeah. pasta and meatballs. I've taken the pasta and meatballs from Pittsburgh, and I've taken them down to Houston. I don't know how they pre- prepare pasta and meatballs in Houston. It's yeah. Tex-Mex pasta and meatballs. I'll take the Texans. I, I, listen, I, I hear you. The Joe Flacco thing. You know me. I mean, what you've heard me on Football Night in America on here. Like, they got to reel it in. It's too loose. It's what scares me about the Cleveland Browns. It's like one of the only things I look at to be a negative of their football team is the aggressive nature in which Joe Flacco can be a little careless. And then Kevin Stavansky, definitely one of the top two candidates for me for coach of the year, right? I love his X's and O's and how he kind of handles his football team and getting Jim Schwartz there and all that. But I, I do – his management of football games to me is, is not coach of the year stuff. His management of the football games to me is questionable. And to me, those two things itself can mess up the Browns' season here. That, to me, are the number one detractors for if the Browns lose a game, it'll be because one of those two things right there. You know, too many, fourth and seven, we go for it. Fourth and four, we go for it, right? And you've heard me say, they have a Super Bowl defense. It's like the 2015 Broncos. The defense can almost win the games by themselves. 
I don't remember the 2015 Broncos, the 2013 Seahawks, the 2000 Raven, 2000 Ravens, the 2002 Bucks, the 86 Giants, the 85 Bears. All these teams have played for their through their defense. I don't remember any of them going for it on fourth and down all the time like that. That's not the recipe to do that with that team. Having said all that, I have two man crushes in this game. C.J. Stroud is one of them. You know that. But, man, I love me this Cleveland defense. I love it. And I'm not going against it. First off, it was fucking annihilation the first time around. Like, annihilation. I wrote in my notes, I said it on my podcast yesterday, I said, when I was watching the game back the other day, I said points would be nice for the Texans, but they got to get a first down first. They can't even do that. That was an issue. Now, C.J. Stroud's certainly going to change that. And as, as aggressive as this Cleveland defense is, I could certainly see, you know, one slip by a corner or Nico Collins gets off the jam and it could be big plays and some of the stuff that you're going to want to see if the Texans pull it off. You break through the first line of the line of scrimmage, you can break through a big run, you know, against Cleveland. Because Cleveland's so aggressive and so many people at the line of scrimmage, you know, that's where they're scary. But I just think this Cleveland defense is special. And what worries me, Mike, the Texans' offensive line, you know, you saw last week, it, they didn't throw the ball as much as I thought they should against the Indianapolis Colts. They didn't run the ball all that well either. They're hurting up there a little bit. They are. They're not at full strength. And that game last week, one thing that when I went back and watched it that I didn't love about it was, man, C.J. Stroud was under a lot more pressure than I realized. They managed the game basically and ran the ball more than I think we both would have liked because they, they thought if they have to drop back too much, it could get scary because he's going to get strip-sacked or hit. I mean, he avoided disaster a number of times during the game, let alone they tried to keep a tight end in, two tight ends in. They did a lot of three-step game. I don't think that bodes well against the most ferocious front seven in football. And then the other thing on top of it, and I know D'Amico Ryan's phenomenal in their defensive scheme, and like you said, it's a good group over there. Cleveland did show an understanding of their rules and how to pick it apart. So that's where, hey, C.J. Stroud scares the hell out of me. D'Amico Ryan's making adjustments to what they did scares the hell out of me. I think Cleveland is more talented. I think their defense is very, very special. I think their offense is damn good, too. I worry about the Flacco thing. I'm still going Browns, 28-13 uh, in this one. Ooh. 28-13, dare I say you think the Browns are going to kick the you-know-what out of the Texans? Is that what you're saying? Because you should just go ahead and say it, if that's what you're saying. No. Why don't you go ahead and say it? No. Uh, well, 15 I, points is a blowout. Uh, I just want the Texans to understand, Chris Sims thinks the Browns are going to blow you out. Just understand that, Texans. Right. Not me. Right. Him. Right. I'll make sure they understand. That's it. right. I'm not going to disrespect them and be careless with my words like some Texas guy I know that did that to some team. Texans. Right? I know. I'm not going to be careless and disrespect them like some guy I know. But, yes, I think that the Cleveland Browns will win this game and win it handily. I do. And, you know, it's not that crazy when you go, the game was 36-7, to like halfway through the fourth quarter. It was over – and Cleveland did stupid things to even be like, hey, hey, get back in the game. Hey, we'll go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. They did stupid crap. 
So we'll see. We're going to see what the C.J. Stroud bump is, the motivation of losing the last time. I mean, to your point, I won't disagree that the chip will be bigger on the Texans' shoulders, certainly, because they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this team ran us out of the gym last time. So they're going to have that fear factor, let alone they're going to go, wait, we're going to be better because we have C.J. Stroud this time, too. And I will mention, the first time around, no Will Anderson, no Jonathan Greenard on the edge as well. They're the best pass rushers on that football team, as we know, and that certainly helped out the Cleveland cause to, to, to help you and you know your cause for the Texans to win the football game. And the other thing that I take into account here, and this is why I, I ultimately want Texans, yeah. one of the reasons. Yeah. We've seen this with backup quarterbacks this year. You get about four games or so, and then they start figuring you out. I hear that. And and maybe Joe Flacco is impervious to that because of his experience, but there's five games of film now that D'Amico Ryans and the defensive coaching staff can break down to figure out how to get Joe Flacco to make more of the mistakes we've already seen him make. Right. And, and I just think in the playoffs generally, your strengths can be accentuated and your weaknesses can be too. Definitely. And, and that balloon can pop quickly. And, you know, you've made the comment recently that once you've beaten a team in the regular season, what do you do the next time around? Do you do the same thing you did the last time? It almost helps the Browns that it's a different quarterback that they're getting ready for. I would it's agree easier with to that. view it as a different game. Yeah. It's like we haven't played them before. Yeah. We There's a different this team, team with this guy. Right, right. Agree. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, but regardless, regardless, there's a lot of factors here. The Texans are at home. The Texans have won a de facto playoff game already. The Browns took their foot off the gas last week, and whoever they put out on the field did not look good against the Bengals. You can say that's just forgotten like the final game of the preseason. Still, it's the last time they were in uniform. It's the last time they went through their motions. They went to Cincinnati, and it didn't go well. I don't think you can completely remove that from your brain. you got to reset. The Texans are coming in with – you know, that that vibe. Hey, you know, we did it. We got a gift. Bad throw. Bad decision. Why is Jonathan Taylor not on the field? Colts should have beaten us. We shouldn't even be here. Nobody believes in us. It's just the right mindset for the Texans to say, screw it. We're just going to go take it. I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I look at it a little bit more of like the Browns had a week off last week and that defense is going to be foaming at the mouth. That's what I look at. And I, you know, again... It's the only team I'm going off the top of my head here, pulling this one out of my ass, but it's the only team I think this year that beat the Ravens and the 49ers this year. It's the damn Cleveland Browns. Watch out. They're going to prove Mike Florio wrong come Saturday afternoon on NBC and Peacock. Be there. Be square. All right. <laughs> uh, and on Peacock Saturday I said, uh, night. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I'm pivoting. Sorry. Next Sorry. Day. My bad. Not on NBC on Saturday yeah. night. Peacock and NBC in the afternoon. If you just tune into Peacock at 3 o'clock, you'll see the pregame show, you'll see the first game, you'll see the bridge show, you'll see the second game on Peacock. You need Peacock to watch the nightcap on Saturday. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Miami Dolphins. Tyree Kill gets his wish. He goes back to Kansas City. The problem is it's going to be like the North Pole at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> You're funny. The Chiefs are favored by four and a half points. And, hey, you know, both teams have flaws. Yeah. Both teams, both teams could lose this game. I don't expect either team to make a really deep run. Between the two, I'd expect the Chiefs in large part because I'll go ahead and go first on this. I think you agree with me on this. We expect the Chiefs to win. All other factors, I think, get superseded by the weather because 
you really don't know what it's like to play in extremely frigid conditions <laughs> until you are in them and your basic humanity takes over <laughs> and you are really, really cold. And there's only so much you can do to get warm and stay warm. It's a factor that you don't have to deal with ordinarily. And the Dolphins had a golden opportunity to avoid that. They just beat the Bills, and they got two guaranteed home games in the playoffs. If they win the first one, obviously. You only get two if you win the first one. But they would have been the two seed. Now they have to go there and freeze. And the the Chiefs have to do it as well. But they're more accustomed to it. They play and practice in weather like that from time to time. And Patrick Mahomes seems to me like a guy who just welcomes that. That's just the way he is. Yeah. Old school. Right. Want to play in the elements. Right. Want to play in the snow. Right. Want to play in the wind. Want to play in the cold. So, to me, and, and I, you know, we'll, we'll get into a deeper conversation about some of the, oh, here, here, here's my concern. Yeah. yeah. Here's my concern. Since I already started down this path, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. My concern, though, is they've got great playoff experience, obviously. The challenge for them is to not think that they are just going to be exactly the team they were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. We saw that team try to do that on Christmas Day against the Raiders. Like, they decided, you know what? Screw all this stuff about acting like we're not good or acting like we have to adapt and adjust. Let's just go be the team we've always been. And it blew up in their faces. Yeah. I'm concerned that they're going to allow themselves to slip into this delusion that Playoff Chiefs are different than regular season Chiefs. We're going to be 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22 playoff Chiefs, and they might not be able to live up to it. That's my only concern. I still think they'll overcome it. I still think they're good enough. I still believe playoff experience matters. And when you have a quarterback who's one of the all-time greats already and plays even greater in those big moments, I like the Chiefs 23-17 to to win, to cover, to advance, to the next round. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, right? Right. We, we've talked about. You've heard me say, like, embrace the ugly. That know who you are as a football team, and they've seemed reluctant to accept that, right? I think that's what you're scared. You said it exactly right on Christmas Day. They came out going, "Oh, we're going to put a show on on Christmas Day." You haven't put a show on all year, so don't. Why do you think it's going to happen now? Right. Embrace that ugliness. Defense. Run the ball. An occasional Mahomes magic type of play. That's what they're made to do right now for this season, 2023. Uh, you, you said it right, too. Hey, all the other stuff points certainly to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's battle-tested. It's championship culture. They're at home. The weather certainly doesn't seem to favor the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been getting their, you know, their ass whooped the whole month for the most part. It hasn't been a pretty month. So they're not coming in like, hey, we feel good. I mean, it's certainly not chest out like it was September, October, Dolphins. Right now, it's kind of like, what are we? How good are we? You talk about the injuries they have, right, on their football team. Man, there's a lot there as well. So all of those things line up to Chiefs winning. And I'm like you. I'm picking the Chiefs to win as well. But it does scare me. It does. You know, why, you know you know me, I go back and watch the, the, the games if they played each other in the regular season. Going back and watching that matchup again, love what Kansas City's defense did, does, everything. You know that. I, Spagnuolo thinks outside the box. He's smart. He understands the Dolphins. It's like, take away the screens, take away the toss cracks, don't let them throw a slant over the middle, and they're all of a sudden their offense starts to look ordinary. We see that with every football team that plays them, Right. So that's what's a little scary, too, uh, as far as the, the, the Dolphins are concerned. 
But within that, like you you mentioned, the Chiefs' offensive struggles all year. I mean, one reverse to Tyree Kill, one screen, and somebody takes the wrong angle. Oh no! The whoa, the Dolphins are up fourteen to nothing, and there's this shitty Chiefs' offense now. They got to come back and do this. You know that that would that that scares me. You know this will not be one of my best bets. I'm not going to go there with that because of those elements. Uh, so I look at that, and then two, Mike. You know, the Chiefs, they scored two first-half touchdowns in that matchup in Germany. And then, I mean, after that, they could not do anything. I mean, again, like literally it was like, wow, first downs are kind of hard for them right now. You know, Fangio showed an understanding of their offense. Because they don't have elite firepower receiver, the Dolphins were capable of playing man-to-man and really making life hard on them that way. So I, I don't think this would be a pretty offensive showing by any stretch of the imagination, but I am with you and uh, am going to take the, the Chiefs 24-20. to 20. I just don't think this is a Dolphins type of football game, right? I mean, we've seen in their losses when a team can play defense and their front seven can kind of make the game ugly, right? They, they are not the same football team and they really struggle and, and we've seen that in all their losses this year. So you have the Dolphins covering because the spread's four and a half. Yeah. You pick 24-20. I've got the Chiefs winning and covering. And, you know, I watch Hard Knocks every week, and I try to get a feel for the just the overall mood and vibe of the Yeah, I missed this week. Let me hear it. Yeah. Well, I just I, – I, they, they, they just got beaten so badly by the Ravens. And they didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about – you know, they just acted like they lost by one point, not, you know – 37 but I just feel like that was the moment that they knew there's a hard cap on what we're going to do this season you throw in the fact that they have to go play this game in these elements I just don't know that and and I love Mike McDaniel but I've seen enough of his speeches this year how do I put this delicately because I love the guy but it gets to the point where it's just the same thing every week and maybe they're just picking out the same or similar sound bites. I just he's going to have to come up with something different to get their attention for this one. Cuz I think you do get into a pattern, you get into a rhythm, you get into a routine and you get to a point where it just becomes noise. Yeah. He's really going to need to come up with a way to get right. them to access some ability to deal with cold, some willingness to ignore the discomfort that's going to come from it. And you know, you can throw around platitudes adversity creates opportunity that's fine but you got to go pretty deep in your bag of tricks to motivate this team after what they've been through recently to go to Kansas City and win and I just don't know that the bag of tricks for a guy that we both love is as deep as it needs to be to come up with something to get these guys ready to go win this game yeah I I I hear you there well I mean you I think you've heard me mention that there's a grittiness or a toughness that I think you know is missing with the Miami Dolphins that I'd like to see a little differently. And, you know, you, you heard me say, and I know we've talked about it a little on air, yeah, yeah, the messages and all that are important. Mixing it up, right? Not making the guys always so comfortable. Not always spinning it as always so positive. That's not always what's needed. Sometimes the need the team needs to hear negative and like, whoa, and, and oh, no, I'm, I'm scared. Are we going to get benched or what's, what, are we gonna, what's going to happen here? Right? There's, there's got to be a little of that. And sometimes it seems like it's a little comfortable there in that way. So, yeah, he's going to have to find something, right? But one thing I know, we named all the issues there. 
Tua's arm is below average for an NFL starter as is. Now he's going to be playing in five-degree weather where it's windy. And like you said, the other guy wearing red in 1-5, nothing bothers him. He's like, what, are we playing in the North Pole? I think I could throw for 350 up at the North Pole in a blizzard. So I look at that. You know, you talked about today uh, on PFT about Tyreek, right? The one thing we've seen, when teams stop Tyreek, the Dolphins are just not the same. They're not. It's almost like if they win, when they win, he goes off for way over 100. When they lose, right, Chiefs, Titans, Eagles, right, last week against the Bills, it's like in the 60 to 80 range, and that's not enough. And so those things worry me. Here's one little other tidbit, Mike, for you that I just, you know, I, I, you know, I, I get in the weeds and I break things down. You've heard me mention that Miami doesn't run the ball enough, right? I still don't think they run the ball enough. You go back and watch their two touchdown drives last week. The thing they did was run the ball. That's they're, they're another team that needs to be a little more patient with that, right? Again, when Tua, he can't throw the ball outside the numbers or down the field, you got to make the teams, the defenses defend the whole field somehow, some way, and the run game is part of how they can do that. So they need to ride that. But here's the one little inkling, and you know, I know we'll be watching together, and I'll try to point it out to you when we're watching – they literally, if there's two deep safeties, they can't throw the ball. They run it great. If there's one deep safety, they can't run the ball, and they can throw it. I've never seen it so pronounced with one team in my life. That was one of my big breakdowns of the game. Like The game should be packaged, literally, motion shift, dummy snap count. Oh, wait, I saw it, single safety. Let's get to the pass. Oh, oh, wait, motion shift, dummy snap count. Oh, I think it's two deep safeties. Run the ball. It's as apparent as I've ever seen any team I've studied here since I've been on this side of the business. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if they try to attack that with the Kansas City Chiefs defense in this game. And it comes down to quarterback Tua Tungvaloa recognizing it and adjusting exactly. before right. the ball is snapped. By right. the way, we got to take a break. But yeah. the Dolphins have announced their annual awards, and they've made Tyree Kill the team MVP. And I'm always a little skittish about doing that while he's still got games to play. Yeah. And I just wonder – if that has any impact whatsoever on the psychology of Tua Tonga by Wait, but Tua was the MVP. Tua was the MVP well, I know. of that team. Well, but the, the players, the players yeah, you think Tyreek You the think MVP. the players thought that well, one hand, one yard throws and Tyreek runs 90 is a little more important to Tyreek? <laughs> <laughs> but am I wrong? Am I wrong to think that that might, you know, Screw him up a little bit. We saw what it did to Antonio Brown when they made Juju Smith-Schuster the Steelers MVP with games left to be played. I'm just a big proponent. And a coach that I respect told me this after the stuff happened with Antonio Brown five years ago. Why in the world do you announce team awards while you still have games to play? There is nothing good that's going to come from that. The only thing that could come from it is something bad. I, 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 team, I don't even – team awards, what, what are we doing anyways? Is this band camp? Are we at a summer? Like what the, who the fuck cares about a team award anyway? That's what I would say to all head coaches, right? I mean, what do you, do you think that like Bill Parcell, do you hear, do you hear Belichick or Harbaugh having team awards? Oh, the most dedicated player on the team goes to like, get the fuck out of here. You're playing football. You're making a million dollars. Fucking show up and play hard. Well, There's well, your award. Well, Harp. Listen, Harbaugh's too worried about team stats that don't mean anything like preseason wins and consecutive 100-yard rushing games for the team. All right, let's take a break. We love John Harbaugh, and we love Mike McDaniel, and we love Tua, but we also love No team awards. Get out of here. 
When we return, the Sunday games, including Matthew Stafford back in Detroit for the first playoff game ever in Ford Field. More PFT, PM, and Chris Sims on Button right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. And please bet responsibly. All right, we go to Sunday. Early game. Three games on Sunday. Three games. And it starts with the Bills as the two-seed hosting the two-seven game. And they almost have lost it twice. 2020. They only beat the Colts by three and Phillip Rivers in his last game ever. 2022, they beat the Dolphins by three with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Now here comes Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Without T.J. Watt, the Bills are favored by 10 with an over-under of 35.5. It's the biggest spread of the week and also the lowest over-under of the week. Chris, I, I, let me start with this. Well, one well this is the Steelers. The I mean, of course team. you have to. Okay. Do you got some pasta and meatballs or not this week? Hey, what do you got working? Early in the week, early in the week, I allowed myself to ponder the possibility of the Steelers winning. And it's fun to think about it, but Josh Allen versus Mason Rudolph. And I'm I'm struggling here not to say something that will provide the Steelers and Mason Rudolph with extra motivation. All I need to say is Josh Allen versus Mason Rudolph. Josh Allen. Hey, what Mason Rudolph has done late in the season has been spectacular. He's given himself a chance to extend his career. Maybe he'll compete to be the starter next year in Pittsburgh. I don't know. But Josh Allen versus Mason Rudolph. Josh Allen, the guy we saw with 67 rushing yards on Sunday night, and even though there were some mistakes, you know what he did? He forgot about him. A couple of early interceptions. He didn't crumble. He didn't develop the woe is me demeanor. He took charge of the game, and the Bills won the game. And this is his moment. There's been no pressure on this team for weeks. 
it bottomed out on that Monday night against the Broncos. They got rid of Ken Dorsey. They bumped up Joe Brady. And there have been weeks where the offense has sputtered, but it doesn't matter. They're the number two seed. And they got a home game against the Steelers who don't have T.J. Watt. They have Mason Rudolph. I, what's more to be said than that? The Steelers have overachieved. What the Steelers have accomplished this year is remarkable. And the road ends on Sunday. The Bills at home with Josh Allen versus Mason Rudolph are the better team. And they've weathered the storm. They bottomed out. They're climbing out of it. And they get a 24-10 win over Pittsburgh to advance the divisional round. And host whoever, whoever it is. The six seed, the five seed. Who's the only team they can't play? They could play the six, the five, the three. I think the four. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Never mind. They'll play somebody next week at home. Yeah, they can't, they can't play, play the, the six. six. That's all they there can't is. They play right. the six. Right. They can play three, four, or five. Right. Three, four, or five. Kansas City. Or Houston or Cleveland is going to Buffalo next week. Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be good. Listen, I, I, I know I get there eventually. I agree. You got it. I agree with a, a lot of what you said. You know, I mean, hey, Buffalo. You 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 talked about the like, hey, the Texans have been playing playoff football last week, right? All that. I mean, we could sit here and argue, and Buffalo has been playing, been in the playoffs for the last month. I mean, really, they've won six out of the last seven. They had to. Basically, right? I mean, they got in by the skin of their teeth, even winning six out of the last seven. It's pretty incredible. But they have won six out of the last seven and probably should be seven for seven and should have beat the Eagles in Philadelphia, who we know they outplayed. You said it right about Josh Allen. I mean, come on. I, I don't even understand. Like, but Josh Allen is, is deserving of being – he's on my MVP list. Josh Allen's top-level play this year was better than anybody in football. The problem is it just when it was bad, it was it was like, whoa, that's a little too egregiously bad. And he made some bad plays and some big moments and things like that. But he also made and they won games because of Josh Allen. And you go like, hey, there's games here. I go, they didn't do anything except Josh Allen just made magic the whole freaking game and they won. Right? So I, I'm with you there. The defense is damn good. Pittsburgh offense is better. We know that. But it's still not good enough to where I think it's going to manhandle or control the Sean McDermott Dolphins defense. I mean, Bills defense. The Bills got great depth on that D-line. They're very smart. You know, having Benford back at secondary. I don't know what Rasul Douglas's status is right now. And Pete, maybe you could help me with that. Um I worry about him. They need him on the corner, but I just still don't think Pittsburgh's consistently moving the ball throughout the day. And then, you know, the other side of that is, hey, Pittsburgh, we know is a pain in the butt, but yeah, it's a less than 100% Minka Fitzpatrick. It's no TJ Watt. You know, respect to Alex Highsmith and Herbig, who replaced TJ Watt and is a damn good player, right? But I just don't think there's enough there for a team that's like you kind of have alluded, is in playoff mode. They found a toughness, a grittiness, and they have one of the most special talents we've seen in football ever at quarterback in Josh Allen. I'm taking the Bills, too, at home. Similar score to you, 27-13. All right, we agree on that one, both straight up and against the spread. Let's move on to the middle game on Sunday, the Packers and the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's former team comes to town. He doesn't want to hear about that. And he shouldn't want to hear about that. He's got enough to worry about. Because if he loses this game, he might be out and Bill Belichick might be in. And as a, as a fan and agent of chaos, sorry, Cowboys fans, I kind of want the Cowboys to lose this game because <laughs> I kind of want the chaos. But 
we could defer the chaos for a week. The Cowboys are the better team. The Packers have been great lately. I don't want to take anything away from them. We've seen what the Cowboys do at home. They're favored by 7.5 in this one with an over-under of 50.5. I I toyed with the idea of keeping it close. I think the Cowboys are good enough to, to do what they've done in the past at home most of the time. Get a big lead, hold a big lead, expand a big lead, tee off on the opposing quarterback, whoever it may be, with Michael Parsons and Marcus Lawrence. I just think the Cowboys win this one. Now, next week, next week, when the Lions or the Bucks or the Eagles come to town, we'll see. This week, I think they're good enough to advance, and they get a 31 to 17 win, 14 points over the Green Bay Packers punch their ticket to the divisional round, and get within one game of a place they haven't been since 1995, the NFC Championship. There's, I, I mean, I, I don't doubt, you know, like, like you said, Cowboys are the better team. Agreed with that. I do think this is a scary matchup. I do. I, 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 I look at this one, you know, I try to pick my one or two every week where I go, this could be the upset of the weekend. I, I think there's possibilities here. I do. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys to win, but I toyed with the upset. I did. And, uh, and I'm going to keep it close, though. Here's some of the reasons why. One, you know, the, the, the Packers, Lafleur, he's got a little understanding of Dan Quinn's defense, played a defense that's kind of similar and rooted in the same tree in Matt Eberflus last week with the Chicago Bears. So he, he understands that a little bit. The, the, the Green Bay Packers can really pass protect, right? So we know it's the Cowboys, arguably the best pass rush in football, but that freak of nature, Micah Parsons coming down, your, you know, coming down the pipe all the time there. You better watch out, right? So that's scary, but the Packers are good there. The Packers also can run the football, and we know that that's an issue for the Cowboys. And I think it is an issue this week with – you know, as well as they've been running the ball, Aaron Jones healthy as hell and been awesome the last three weeks. It's 300-yard games in a row. Christian Watson's health will be paramount to if Green Bay can pull off the upset because Dallas, I do think, is going to have to go, wait, we got to stop the run. we got to put some extra people in there. We're going to have to play man-to-man a decent amount here today. We, we, we can't just play zone all the time and have two safeties back and do all of that. The Packers got some heat at receiver. They got some people that can beat man-to-man. If Christian Watson's back, I'd say watch out. Let alone they're creative on that side of the ball, right? So I think that Green Bay is going to be a pain in the ass for this Dallas defense. What I really wonder is just can, can Green Bay's defense slow down Dallas's offense, right? That's what I worry about. Green Bay's defense kind of all over the place, right? They're going to have to come up with something a little different, a new wrinkle. Will they match up Jair Alexander versus CeeDee Lamb a little bit more? That'll be something to watch for. Uh, So those are some of the things that I worry about. And then also, too, you know, Joe Barry, defensive coordinator of the Packers, he's pretty up to date with the West Coast offense. You hear me say all the time, Mike McCarthy is a little too West Coasty to me. Joe Barry, I was in, you know, Tampa Bay with Joe Barry. He was – helping defend the John Gruden offense, which is, of course, very rooted in the West Coast offense, too. Taking Cowboys 31-28, but I will say watch out, and I think this is going to be a fun one, and I will put the Cowboys on upset alert. You've got the Packers covering. 
Cowboys winning. We both have them at 31 points. I just have the Packers at fewer, yeah. few enough that the Cowboys get the cover. Right. So we disagree on on one game straight up so far, but I think three, three out of four um, against the spread. So I got a chance. I got a chance to catch you. Uh, if I start if I start hitting some of these and you don't, I have okay. a chance to extend Sunday night my football. Lead. Sunday night football on NBC and Peacock. The Rams at the Lions. Woo, baby! Six seeded Rams are three point underdogs. I'm surprised the Lions are favored in this one. I really am. Really? Which may tell you where I'm leaning. Yeah, yeah. I, because the Rams lately have been better. We lose sight of the fact. You know, we look at the balance of the season, and I struggled with this with the Packers. And you, you may be right. The Packers keep it close, and maybe the Packers win it. And, again, I'll be happy if they do because it leads to chaos, and it may lead to Bill Belichick in Dallas. But I feel like the Rams have been better than the Lions lately. The Rams have been producing better on both sides of the ball. There's Even though their defense isn't dominant, it's damn good enough when you pair it with that offense that has a great balance of run and pass. You've been saying all week this could be a shootout, and I agree with you. I just think the Rams are in position to win this game. And Matthew Stafford, back in Detroit, the fans aren't going to know what to do. And I know Jared Goff has a chip on his shoulder about how he was treated by Sean McVay. I have a feeling Sean McVay knows how to defend Jared Goff from all those years of trying to get the most out of Jared Goff. I think the edge is there. They played one time. It was in L.A., and the Rams won, I think, 28-16 in the 2021 season. I may be off on the score, but... I think the Rams go in, and I think the Rams win the game. I, You know, D- Detroit has been very good this year. It's a building block for the future, but I just feel like it ends now. I feel like the Rams, who have dramatically overachieved, they it plays into their hands that they're underdogs. You know, nobody believes in us. Matthew Stafford was saying that. Nobody believed in us all year long. Teams love to be able to sink their teeth into that at playoff times, and the Rams legitimately can. They've got great talent on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, they've got the playoff experience. The Lions don't. And I think that matters. Rodney Harrison always talks about playoffs becoming more intense. Definitely. Everything's more intense. Yep. The Rams know it. The Rams have enough players still there who can say to the guys who weren't there in 2021, this is how it goes. This is how it works. And I think that gives them an edge as well. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I mean, I I got to play in one playoff game in my life, and uh, you can – it's a different vibe. As much as as intense as the regular season is – you know, when it's in a do-or-die situation, whoa, if we win this game, I can get an extra $50,000 and then maybe an extra $80,000 next week and all of that, it all be- and a Super Bowl and a ring, it becomes real. It does. You can feel the intensity in the building on the football field. It's a total different feeling than the regular season. Definitely an advantage to the Rams in, in that department, right? I was on the Tennessee Titans team that was a number one seed in 2008, and that's what happened to us. The Ravens kind of knew what it was took to be like playoff intensity, and we, we didn't match that, and that's why they upset us. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I do. It, this is a tough one. I've got a little bit back and forth here, definitely. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. The Lions defense, I mean, come on. Nick Mullins in two out of the last three weeks, it's 800 total yards he threw the ball against the Lions defense. So do I think Matt Stafford's going to be able to throw the ball in the Lions defense? Of course. And he's got the best, if not the best, one of the top three run games in football and definitely 
the second best running back in football. It goes Christian McCaffrey and Kyron Williams. That would be one and two to me right now in the sport. So, yeah, that that's a dangerous combination for a not-so-good Lions defense. Now, the Lions can stop the run, right? But at what do they want to go all in and then let Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup have holes everywhere? I don't know, right? We, I, we saw the Rams run the ball on the Ravens. If you can run the ball on the Ravens, you can run the ball on anybody. So I don't know if it's going to matter anyways. Now, the one thing I really worry about for the Rams here is I worry about their D-line being overpowered by that big Detroit Lions offensive line in the run game. And I do worry about, the like you said, the Rams defense is good. It's not great yet. You know, they're, they're missing a few blue-chip players really at every position. You know, they have good young talent. They're developing. The scheme is really good. But the players are not top-notch defensive, like we're a top-five defensive-type talent team yet. Not yet. So I do worry about the run game of the Lions. And then, of course, the Ben Johnson play-action pass game being wide open behind it. Right? I expect a lot of big plays in this football game. I, like you, am going Rams. Because of the playoff experience, the grit, McVay, I think, is like, I'm playing with house money here. We ain't supposed to be here. Fuck, I'm going to run this play. Fuck, I'm going to run that play. That's cool. Let me try that shit out, right? And I think the Lions could be a little nervous in their first experience here. I'm going Rams 30-27. to 27. Look in the sheets. Look at my score. I didn't Whoa. mention it earlier. Whoa. There we go. First one of the day. Take that, O's the mentalist. <laughs> Thirty to twenty-seven. It's five games so far, and we've got the exact same score for both of them. All right, we're going to take a break. Let's see if we have the same score for Monday night's matchup between, for the second time in three years, the Eagles and the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. We'll do that next here on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. Oh, yeah, baby. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat 
same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTONED when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, Monday Night Football. The last game of Super Wild Card Weekend. Eagles at the Bucks, Five versus four in the NFC for the second straight year in that Monday night spot. Eagles favored by three. Buccaneers, the home team as the NFC South champion, over under a 44. Who do you like? The Eagles are one in five entering the postseason. Do they go one and done? I, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, it is. It, it's, it's a very weird feeling with both of these teams i mean even even the fact that like wait wait todd bowles they won the nfc south two years in a row they're talking about if they don't win this weekend he could be replaced what there's just a lot of weirdness around this football game and two teams that it's it's hard to gauge where they are and what they're doing and at what level you know they're playing at right now uh and you know the bucks we kind of thought like hey hey it's all looking good and then the last two weeks i mean they're they're gonna lose to anybody in football last week if it's not Kaka. the Carolina Panthers, right? Kaka, Kaka, right? Have a chance to win the division at home against the Saints. Get kind of dominated. So that's a little scary to me. I don't know what to expect. But the good thing is they're playing a, a, an Eagles defense that are that is reeling right now. Like don't know what to expect. And I would think Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin can have some success and get some mojo going there, without a doubt. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to run the ball all that much, but people have been running the ball on Philadelphia here lately, so I don't know what to think of them up front either. I don't. Now, I, I really think that this is going to end up being a little bit of a fun game and a, a good amount of points on the board here too because, I, I, you know, barring the health of the Eagles receivers, I think they're going to move the ball on this Buccaneers defense as well. You, you've heard me say that. I mean, one – the Buccaneers overdo it in stopping the run anyways. This is the week they should overdo it because it's scary against this group. They still can run the ball and open up holes. I expect this to be a big Jalen Hurts running the ball game. To me, like if there's one angle you can look at and go, Eagles, I don't know what you can do to change or get better. You know, A little bit like you always say, big games, Josh Allen, watch out, here comes that stuff. I think that's something Philadelphia's got to go all in on this week. You know, there's no more protecting Jalen Hurts. Who the, it's it's go win or go home. So I would lean on the quarterback run game a little bit more. I'm gonna take the Eagles because I just think again they got some championship merit. I think they're due to get off the Schneid here, and I just think they're the more talented team. But it scares me nonetheless. I'm taking Eagles 27-20. I've got the Eagles 21 to 13. I was hoping we'd have the exact same score, but alas, that wasn't to be. I. I said earlier in the week, I, I'm not going to be 100% sure of who I think is going to win this game until I know who the Eagles would play if they win. If they're going to San Francisco, that would require the Cowboys and the Lions to both win. If they're going to San Francisco, I think they could lose this game. If they're going to Dallas, I, you know, I, I'm, they're more likely to punch the ticket and take another shot at the Cowboys in their own stadium. They're not intimidated by them. They're not, they're not dreading the reality of having to go to Santa Clara and get stomped by the 49ers, although who knows? After what we saw on Christmas night, nobody is guaranteed to get stomped by anybody in this league. That said, I'm less concerned about the Eagles right now than the Bucks. The Bucks have been not good the last two weeks and could have lost to the Panthers and squandered the division to the New Orleans Saints. It did not look like an inspired, driven, motivated, reaching for 
the NFC South championship brass ring team. And I think that gives me concern on Monday night. The Eagles, if they can just forget about all the crap and go back to it's zero and zero and it's single elimination. We just got to win. Let's go win. Let's win this game. I don't know whether or not they can calm it down enough to do it, but I think they will. 21 to 13. I think the extra day helps. I, I just, I'd like to think, and, and Big Dom coming back too down to the sideline. Maybe the curse of Big Dom ending is going to make the difference for the Eagles. But I think they'll just get back to basics and realize they can beat this team. Worry about who they play next when they play them. They can beat the Buccaneers. They are the better team. Let's see if they do it. And if they don't, they don't. Real questions about the Eagles going into next year. Yeah, of course. Definitely. I mean, it'd be, if they don't win this game, that'd be kind of shocking. It just be it's been shocking altogether the way it's ended. I mean, you I don't think you could talk to anybody in football and they wouldn't tell you, all right, maybe we'll take the 49ers roster, but it's the Eagles roster next or the I mean, it's a top three roster in football, and the fact that they have fallen apart like this is uh, it's mind blowing. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we've got our two best bets for the week plus our Folsom Prison Blues guaranteed straight-up pick. We'll do that next here on Chris Sims Unbuttoned at PFTPM. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFTPM, Joint Mega Picks podcast. Only six games this week, six playoff games, win or go home. Best bets, two of them. Give me your first one. Well, I mean, you know I'm going with the first one, right? I mean, geez, it's the Browns. Yeah, the Browns ain't the Browns. The Browns got the best defense in the playoffs. You better watch out. They'll smack you around, Florio, if you disrespect them. Keep it going. Keep yep. it going. Yep. Keep it going. Browns 28-13. Keep disrespecting the Texans. No, no, I'm you disrespecting you. I told Nigger to the, smack you, you no. around. You, you, you think the Browns are going to beat the Texans by 15 points. You think the Browns are going to embarrass the Houston Texans. I hope D'Amico Ryans finds out about it. All right, Buffalo Bills for me. I know it's a big spread. Josh Allen versus Mason Rudolph. Give me the Bills. Yeah, I hear you. I, I thought about that one. I'm worried about... I'm worried about Pittsburgh making that game ugly, so I just can't pick it. I'm going to ride with the Packers. Seven and a half is too much for me. Ooh. Uh, it's too much, especially with that point five. It made me feel even better. I'm going to ride with the Packers. I think there's a chance they can win this football game. I think they really match up well with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm torn between the Chiefs and the Rams. The Chiefs and the Rams, both NBC games. One's exclusively on Peacock. Not that that means a damn thing to my decision. I just can't make up my mind. I'll go Rams. Gut feeling pasta and meatballs, Rams. Because they're, they're the underdogs. I think they're going to win straight up. They shouldn't be the underdogs. All right, Folsom Prison Blues, who you got? No, I'm definitely taking the Bills over the Steelers, right? Oh, you're not taking the Browns? No. I'll take the Bills, too. You really believe in the Browns. You didn't take them for Folsom Prison Blues. Trying That's to spread it, it the out. Game. See you Screw next you. Time. See you later. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.